Hello and welcome to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. This is a show that explores the landscape of the nonprofit organization, big and small, offers some incredibly helpful information and resources, and gives nonprofits a place to share ideas and get advice. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our show is sponsored by Sukup Strategic Solutions, offering a wide variety of services to help nonprofits maximize their impact. So let's get into solving the problems that might be plaguing your nonprofit. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Impactability. Great program on tap for today, all about digital fundraising. And can you even do that? Here's the thing. The good news is COVID seems to be finally waning, or at least we're learning to live with it, obviously. Now many nonprofits are starting to schedule events again. So here's the dilemma. Do we do the same event we've done year after year, even though it's been a couple of years, or do we come up with something new? And let's be honest, coming up with something new is really tough. So one is inclined to do the same old, same old. Now, that's where today's guest comes in. Nidhi Doshi is the founder of Paybee, a fundraising platform that offers live, virtual, and hybrid fundraising event solutions. Wait, what is that? Well, you're going to find out today. It might be the answer your nonprofit is looking for. We're joining Needy in her home office in Menlo Park, California. We're very fortunate to have her as a guest today on Impactability. Needy, welcome. Thanks for the invitation, Joe. So, you know, a lot has changed in the past few years in fundraising, you know, COVID and all that. And before we talk about digital fundraising, what's new and all that fun stuff, let's talk about how COVID has affected everything. And I bet, I'm guessing, you're pretty glad that it's looking like most of it is over. COVID has, Joe, and uh, I think it has forced all of us to think outside the box. The box has been the same for 250 years. Nothing has changed. We've existed trying to make do of what's in it. But now it's truly opened up and, you know, all of us are looking for, okay, what does it mean in this new environment? And also an opportunity to make it interesting for our donor base because we're rethinking everything. So let's be clear, there's nothing wrong with doing the event you've done over and over and over again, but as we're going to find out in our discussion, it's kind of, well, how can you make it different, that kind of thing, right? Totally agree. I mean, charities still love meeting in person. Donors love getting together, partying, you know, mingling, Uh, you know, the whole social setup that you have where somebody raises their paddle, raises their hand to show their support, and then their friends get inclined to also do the same and charity ends up winning, of course. I think all that is still great. But now with COVID, it has given us the opportunity to look beyond to give you an example, to also include a wider audience, right? People who cannot afford the $1,000 meal ticket and be in the room, right? They could still join you from home and still support you. Even if it's a smaller donor, uh, they can still join you. They can still root for your cause, support you, be there for you, just expand your donor base. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you went there because there are a lot of nonprofits, and we've just mentioned this, that they do the event every year, but they're probably thinking about growing it. So how do we expand our audience? I think what it all keeps coming back to is the relationship that they've built with the donors. And again, it's not just, hey, invite them, they come, and then they're going to support you. A lot of it is about nurturing that relationship, and it starts early, right? You start working with the donor, educate them on your cause, keep in touch, keep updating them. 
today they might donate $50, but tomorrow when they have to make a donation and if you're on top of mind for them and they know about your work and, uh, you know, they love what you're doing, they're going to give you a bigger donation. Yeah, and many nonprofits sometimes are a bit close to their events to determine what is working and what does not. So can you help us kind of step back for a minute and kind of analyze our own event to come up with an answer to that question? It's funny you say that, right? A lot of times we notice them, right? Obsessing over little things. For example, what's the color of the tablecloth? And, you know, what's the color on which font should we use in our invitation? Taken all that is important for sure, right? And it helps you put up a good event. But I do think what's more important is the experience that the donors get and the experience they get at every point of interaction. So it would start off with the invitation, with registration. How simple are you making it for them? How painless are you making it for them, right? All that builds trust in them. All that builds the confidence that, hey, you've got your act together, right? And you know how to run your event. And if you can run a good event, which is like, you know, well planned out, which is joyful, they are not waiting in lines at check-in, they're not waiting in lines at check-out, they finish what they have to do, they leave home with a smile, all happy, make it back home in time, they're getting their tax receipt in timely matter, all that adds to the confidence that they're building in your organization, and they just feel that, hey, if I give my money to this charity, it's in good hands, and they're going to use it in the best possible way. Yeah, and you it's funny you mentioned a moment ago, like, sweating the small stuff and obsessing about tablecloths and things like that, because, I mean, it is important, but how do you get nonprofits to focus on the bigger picture, which, of course, is raising money? That's the true thing, right? They are essentially coming there to support your organization. Your single purpose is to raise money. All this, again, is nice to have, as we call it, but the need to have is make the ask. You know, Joe, I don't even know how many times we can actually count that charities don't even make a strong ask. Donors have come there, they've committed time, they're right there. Charities find it awkward to even ask, right? That, hey, we're raising money and this is how the money is going to help us. It's just very difficult for whatever reason. They're too close to their cause and too close to their donors. They know the relationship. Hey, this donor has gone through hard times. Maybe you shouldn't ask. You have to have to make the ask. And if it's awkward for you, hire somebody, hire an auctioneer who is not as close to it. And it's their job to raise funds for you. So hire help. It's funny because a moment ago you said a charity that has its act together and you want your guests to think that and feel that when they're leaving the event at the end of the night. Now, if you're holding this signature event, how do you get people to walk away feeling that way? Multiple things. I think it all factors into every point of interaction that they have with you. So it would start off with RSVPs invitation, make it super easy for them to either, you know, register for themselves as a couple, put in their meal preference. If I'm a table captain, I'm buying a whole table, make it easy for me to invite my friends and family and manage that whole. When we show up at the event, expect me. And what I mean by that is make it easy for me to check in. Hey, let me just come and give my name. And then, oh, you're all checked and you're going to be on table number four. You know, we'll take you there. 
bidding, pledging, don't make me look at my devices. And, you know, again, if you say, okay, go here, go to this link, open this page, now do this, you make me do all that work. And if you make it easy for them, hey, just raise your hand or raise your paddle when you want to pledge and we'll take care of the rest. And then moving on, once they made the pledge, make it easy for them to check out. Again, with COVID coming in, prefer do people do prefer to have it contactless. They are becoming more tech savvy. QR codes, for example, right? Again, nobody really used QR codes before, but now everybody is technically savvy and they're very, very comfortable doing it on their own phone. So give them ways of doing it. I really like something you said in our earlier conversation when we first met. Plan for what your audience will enjoy. I wrote that down because I thought that was so dead on. Why is that so hard for some nonprofits? A lot of board members, I guess, teams come from different style of thinking, right? They've been to events, they've attended events where, okay, yeah, you go and you sit on the table, you pledge, you leave, maybe there's some entertainment, right, associated. But now as things keep changing, people are getting just so much more creative and audiences are really liking that. They like the fact that they could join an event from the comfort of their own homes, right? Uh, I'm a mom, uh, I don't need to find a sitter that night, the kids could go to bed, and I could join my charity's event at 8 p.m. and, you know, support them and enjoy the event, Uh, giving them that flexibility. I think that matters a lot. Second thing is talking about entertainment. We have just seen so much of creativity out there, right? We've seen charities host singers who are performing live from other parts of the world. And they're taking in requests from the audience and they are performing. And again, you could be anywhere. Uh, We've seen charities host makeup competitions. So this charity did it really fun, right? They had 12 participants who were going to do drag queen makeup competition. So they all joined from 12 locations. All 12 of them were on the screen while we were all watching. And then they were doing makeup live. And then they had a lip syncing competition, each of them. And if you want to support them, you have to give a dollar. Obviously, all the funds go to the charity, but you show your support by pledging. And you can have as many pledges as you want. And charity ended up raising money. Everybody had a great time and they left the event. Mm -hmm. Think about your audience. What's going to be engaging for them? What's going to be fun? And plan for that. Now, you've served on boards for nonprofits yourself. What kind of help should we be looking for from our board members? I mean, how do I get them to help us? I would say primarily getting donors to come to your event. I would say that should be the main focus because, sure, once that is, I think, the hardest part of any event, getting people to come, to commit their time, to show up either in person or virtually, but getting them to come. Once they come, yes, you'll put on a great show. You've done all this planning. You have technology in place. You have everything you need. You'll touch their hearts. You'll get them to pledge but getting them to come. So I think board members, first and foremost, their job should be getting people to come uh, and helping with fundraising. And then, yes, we have the bandwidth, help with planning the event and picking the right tablecloth, all those things, but still primarily get donors to come and get them to donate. We're speaking with Nidhi Doshi from payb.io about fundraising and how you can jumpstart your fundraising and get back into the events game. Now, We've had a great conversation so far, and I promise you the really good stuff still to come. Because when we come back from a short break, 
We're going to talk about some of the new ways that you could be fundraising. Some things you may never have even thought of, never heard of before, that you might want to try at your next event. Also, should you move on from the event you've done year in and year out? Maybe try something new. Or are there some additional ways you can spice things up a little? Lots of those questions and more on the way. You're listening to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm Joe Turner. We'll be right back. Sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day to get the work at your nonprofit done. Sukup Strategic Solutions can help. We handle all kinds of projects, especially the ones you can't seem to get to. Fundraising, marketing, grant writing, communications, and more. With Sukup Strategic Solutions, you'll have a team of nonprofit professionals working for you. You'll have more hands on deck, reduce overhead, and increase efficiency. For a free consultation on how we can help lighten the load at your nonprofit, visit SukupStrategicSolutions.com. Maximize your impact with Sukup Strategic Solutions. Welcome back to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Coming up in just a little bit, another edition of Coach's Corner. Stay tuned for that. Right now, we're speaking with our guest, Nidhi Doshi, about fundraising, what's new and what's the hottest trend in fundraising that your nonprofit might want to try. Now, Nidhi, you've been doing this for a few years now. What is it about fundraising that makes you want to go to work every day? Is there a backstory? (laughs) Uh, definitely, right? So I've been on boards of nonprofits. I've been volunteering for such a long time. And over and over, we keep seeing the charities miss out on the donation. And this is what I mean by that. So a lot of times you meet a donor, you tell them about your cause, you see, this is what we're doing. Donor says, I love what you're doing and how can I help? And then the charity would say, oh, you can go to our website and make a donation or you can send us a check. And donor is going to say, sure, I'll do it when I get home. And, you know, life happens and unintentionally the opportunity is gone, right? So uh, uh, my co-founder and I, we realized that, hey, there was opportunity was right there. The donor was there, the charity who wanted the funds, the moment was right there. What can we do to make sure that the donation happens? That was our realization and that's how we started the company. What did you develop in order to meet the need that you were seeing? Sure. So uh, when we started, uh, we recognized that there were all these donations that were getting missed. And we started thinking through each of those scenarios. So let me give you examples, right? So for cash donations, we had one organization which was telling us that, hey, we have volunteers who take seniors for rides and drop them at doctor's appointment. And a lot of seniors want to give cash as either tips or as a donation. And we don't have a system where volunteers can collect that because, again, if they collected that cash, they have to come back to our office to deposit it, do the paperwork, receipt, all those things. So Mm -hmm. we have just made a policy, don't take cash donations, and we're missing out on a big part of those donations. So for that scenario, we came up with a solution that, hey, what if the volunteer could quickly note down in their app that, hey, I got a donation from Mike Smith and put in their information and it gets recorded. So the organization knows that this donation was received. And we also gave volunteers a way to connect their own credit card or bank account. So they could keep the cash in their pocket and then transfer the same amount immediately. So they just become the middleman to transfer the donations. So that was our solution for cash donations. Then coming on to check donations, right? Donors would give checks and volunteers are on the go. So a solution for that was to take a picture of the check and the organization can obviously see that and it would stay pending against that donor's name. 
And when they received that check or the check got deposited at the bank, they could clear it off. At the same time, the donor would also get a receipt immediately. Thank you for your donation via check, which was given to Nidhi, the volunteer, to our organization. And the receipt would come from the organization. So everybody's in the loop. Donors feel confident that the money went to the organization, right? And it was all recorded. I got a receipt. I got a tax receipt. And the volunteer also knows that this was taken care of. Charity is also in the loop. So just like this, there are all these like different, different targeted solutions trying to solve problems so that uh, charity can maximize funds raised. Needy, I've asked this question of many of our guests in the past. What's not working in fundraising that many nonprofits continue to do? Doing the same thing that you've been doing in the past and expecting it to work exactly the same way. You've run an event the same way. You've made the ask to the same donors for the same amounts and expected the same results. I think that does not work. It is definitely laying too many eggs in the same basket. And now at this point, the basket needs to expand. Uh, Donors uh, do have a lot of things going on in their life. Uh, There are a lot of charities who are reaching out to them for causes and they want to be able to support them, right? So what is it that you can do to continue building that relationship, that love with them? I think that is what is something we should think about all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about technology now. You've got lots of ideas for nonprofits on how they can improve their fundraising. What has been, in your opinion, the single biggest development that you've seen in the past few years? I would say adding on the virtual component to events. I think that is just, again, with Zoom and, you know, people just getting more comfortable with joining online. And now charities can add that to their event, right? Earlier, all the pledging was, you know, just, uh, I guess, limited to people who are in the room who couldn't make it that night and are raising their paddles. And now there is just no reason why somebody couldn't be sitting at home and outbidding them. And if not anything, just driving up the bids. Like we've seen some amazing events where somebody in the room is raising their paddle and then they got outbid by somebody who was sitting in a remote part of the country. And then the whole bidding war happened. And the virtual donor took away the prize. (laughs) I think adding that and then virtual came in and now it's all become hybrid, right? What I was just explaining was a hybrid setup, which is a combination of running your in-person and virtual event in tandem at the same time, both donors joining as if the event was designed for them. I think that is another crucial piece, right? Technology being able to support a donor in their setup, in their environment, and making sure that they have a good experience as well. Like, nobody should ever feel like, hey, I'm just watching a telecast of an event happening somewhere, and I'm just watching people walk around with a glass of wine. It should never be that way, right? If I'm joining virtually, I should feel like, hey, this event was made for me and I'm just as mu- as important to the charity as somebody else who's in the room. Yeah, but how do we do that? I mean, how do you make it personalized if I'm going to stay home instead of go to the event in person? It's thinking about their setup and it's thinking about every 
uh, I guess, interaction that they're going to have with the event. So starting off with joining the event, make it super simple for them to join the event, have an email with one button on it. So they click on it and they're part of an event. Once they're in, what are they going to see? We're going to have uh, slides that are going to move around in the lobby. There's going to be music playing. The chat will be open. So people join early. They know each other. They can start interacting uh, with the virtual community. The organizers are already on and they start messaging. Hey, welcome. Welcome, Joe. And welcome, Tim. And, you know, welcome, Mary. Good to see you. Go get a glass of wine. We'll be starting in like short in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, once you go live. Make it easy for them to pledge. Make it easy for them to bid. If you're hosting a fundraising game, uh, which is in the room, they should be able to participate as well. So Last Hero is one game that's very, very popular and works very well with both uh, audiences. Do you know about Last Hero? I could maybe quickly talk about it. No, I'd I'd love to hear about it. (laughs) So Last Hero is a fundraising game. The way it works is the person who pledges last gets a big prize. Again, it's not about who pledges how many times, it's about who pledges last. So the auctioneer, the host would say, okay, we're going to start taking pledges at $50 and the last person to pledge wins this big vacation with like five days and, you know, four nights in Napa, whatever else that is, right? People start raising their paddles. You start capturing that. People start hitting the button virtually. If they're joining virtually. And then you say, okay, we're going to close in three, two. And people start pledging, right? Because they want to be the last person to pledge. And then again, all, every pledge, every click is a pledge. Or every hand raise is a pledge. So charity is still getting those funds. But then people get so competitive and you know they really, really want to win that big prize and the stakes are low. Uh, charity ends up raising more money. This was an example of a game that's designed for both audiences and they both can participate just as well and interact just as well. That sounds like fun. I love that idea. <laughs> So talk to us about digital fundraising. What's new and what's trending right now that we might not have even heard of before? Charities are starting to do different things. So events, I've talked about it quite a bit now, right? So we'll focus on other things. Auctions are all moving online. A lot of silent auctions with the flexibility built in. So what I mean by that is they would open up a silent auction maybe a week before an event. The link is shared out and donors can start looking at the items. They can start bidding. They get notified via SMS, via email. They can go bid in again. They'll see who outbid them. So that, you know, adds the competitiveness to the game. And then you'll close the auction at the end, right? And donors get a payment link. They make the payment. You ship out the items. It's all done. Engagement, fun, keeping it interactive for the audiences, I think is the way to think about fundraising now. All right. I'm going to give you a tricky question. Many nonprofits, as we discussed earlier, like to do their signature event every year. Some every year they grow, some up and downs, mixed results, whatever. Okay. Give us one additional thing that we could try that won't take a lot of bandwidth Because that's one of the things that we always hear is, I'd love to do it, but I don't have the people. So give us one additional thing that we could try that won't take a lot of bandwidth, but could be successful. What do you got? Let's think. Uh, If I were to tell you what to try, I would say 
add on the online auction piece. It's just amazing how much money that raises. And in your silent auction, think about what you items you should add there. A lot of times charities just go with a vacation package and a ways and a statue, right? Think about experiences. Get creative. It doesn't have to be expensive, but get creative and make it meaningful for your donors. That is absolutely great, great stuff. Needy, I can't thank you enough for our conversation today. I'm guessing the true takeaway is keep trying things. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket and stretch your wings a little bit. Try some new stuff. This has been an outstanding conversation. Thank you so much for being our guest today on Impactability. Thank you for having me. This is fun. That's how means it is time once again for another edition of Coach's Corner, where we take the questions that you send us, we ask our impact coaches for their answers, their advice. And that's exactly what Coach's Corner is. So please keep those questions coming. And they could be about anything, maybe the most major thing that you've got going on at your organization right now, or something you just want another opinion on. Maybe three of you think one way, three of you think another, and you want an impact coach to weigh in. Well, that's exactly what Coach's Corner is all about. Today, our guest coach is Christine Rayhill. Christine, we've got a great question about recognizing donors. Here's the question. We've received a major gift. So what are the best ways for us to recognize our donor? Seems simple enough, but you know as well as I do, Christine, there's a lot of layers underneath this, and we're going to have you dig into it right now. On Coach's Corner, you have five minutes to answer the question. Christine, your five minutes begins right now. Thank you, Joe. That's a great question because donor recognition is a very important part of donor retention. When donors feel like their gifts are appreciated or meaningful, they're more likely to give again, and that's very important with a major donor. So by recognizing donors, the goodwill you establish with them goes a long way to building a strong long-term relationship. There's several ways you can recognize major donors. Of course, you're sending your acknowledgement letter and thank you note, phone call as well. But then for a major gift, you're going to want to think about featuring them in your newsletter. If you have an honor wall, either online or on site, you can feature them as well. You can do an appreciation video for them very simply now with all the technology available online. And sometimes we do gifts, plaques, crystal gifts, something that they might want to display so that there's an opportunity for them to talk about their gift with people that might come to their home or their office. You can certainly do social media shout outs. It's also a great opportunity at an event to do a shout out to a major donor possibly give them an opportunity to speak. And also you can, if there's a gift for naming a space, then you can also recognize them there. There's a couple of best practices as well, though, to keep in mind when you're recognizing donors. First, be as prompt as possible. I can't stress enough that you need to think early and often. And then you want to convey the impact of the gift but also at the same time, keep the focus on the donor. Something like, with your support, we've been able to, whatever it was, build this space, expand our program, et cetera. And always check to be sure that they're all right with you publicizing their donation. There are some donors who will want to remain anonymous. 
One of my favorite stories of recognizing a major donor was when I worked for a university and we surprised the donor with an honorary degree at a gala that his wife was co-chairing. He was a very successful businessman who created many jobs in the community and very generous as well to many nonprofits. But he wasn't able to complete his college education because he was called to serve in World War II. So the, the university president conferred the honorary business degree on him unexpectedly on stage. And it later became one of his most prized possessions and endeared the university to the donor for many years to come. We also worked with the donor's family who headed up the family foundation to make that happen and make sure that it met all of the needs and aspects that the donor would appreciate. So that created a great opportunity for the family to stay involved with the university for the long run. Joe, these are just some of the ways to recognize donors. Key takeaways, think early and often and tailor the recognition to the donor. That is great advice, Christine. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for being on Coach's Corner with us today. It's my pleasure, Joe. Thank you for having me on Coach's Corner today. If you've got a question for Coach's Corner, we want to hear from you. Email them to us at impactcoaches at impactability.net. Again, that's impactcoaches at impactability.net. And if you want to reach me, my email address is joe.turner at impactability.net. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, and that way you'll get new episodes downloaded just as soon as they come out. Also, please give us a review or a rating so that your peers in the nonprofit industry can find us as well. I'm Joe Turner. Thanks for listening, and thank you for all you do to make the world a better place through your nonprofit.